No, come on. Don't enough with the cheesy. Okay, stop. It's recording. We gotta fade it out. Okay. I don't think that's very on brand for our podcast. It's, it's the exact opposite of on brand for our podcast. Um, what's in your flask? Maple whiskey. Oh, stop. And I'm drinking tea over here like a sucker. I got I, I also have tea. <laughs> um I the tack room makes a surprisingly good podcast studio. Like old wood. Yeah, it's good in here. Except for the cat. It's good except for the cat. We need a door that like latches from the inside. Except for the mice holes all over the place in here too. The cat can't get in the mice holes. No, but she should get the mice out of the mouse holes. I've only caught the one. We're recording. Yeah. Welcome. This is the preamble that makes it fun. This is this is what people want to listen to. This is what the people want. So you got to give the people what they want. Should I? <laughs> no, don't. Not yet. It's too early. Um, the one thing I need to do is not bump the microphone. You want to bump mics? You really messed up the uh, shock mount on that thing. I didn't do anything. You're the tech guy. Can the animals please keep it down? Um, we're reviving the podcast. I, I don't know if it's reviving when it's something completely different. I don't know that it's going to be completely different. <laughs> I think it's going to just end up being the same as it was before. Like you and I just talking about what's going on around the property. Although there's going to be lots of new things that weren't here before to talk about. Um, it's going to be you and I talking about fitness things me more than you probably <laughs> you tend not to fitness as much as we once did listen on top of the open i trained twice more this year <laughs> that is a grand total of five um and yet the gym is new to see the yep. property this year uh, did we uh, you you weren't coaching i don't know i mean when did we went like how far does that go back like the internet never forgets we could dig up old episodes if it's we really still on to. my website <laughs> they are ds.ca yeah they are they're there there's a page there with just links to them there's no feed for that anymore but. to our old um, podcast called farm food fitness so i don't <laughs> imagine that um the content of this new podcast is going to be that much different um can you hear ruby playing with her yep water bucket yep stinger so um, we used to do fitness. Yeah. We, we never, back us, then we never really farmed. Some of us still do fitness. Back then we had chickens. We still had, we, that was when we had the chickens. That's what people have said, asked like about our chickens. And I'm like, oh, we've actually had layers for like eight or nine years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've had, we've, we've dabbled with chickens for a significant amount of time. I think we kind of, uh, I don't know if jump the shark is the right term, but we had never, butchered our own laying hens when we were finished with them we'd always just given them to the neighbor for soup or whatever they did with them we were never comfortable with the dispatching of the animal when we were finished with it i mean i wasn't comfortable with any portion of the processing of chickens yeah and i think for me the reason why i didn't ever really have any interest in eating our laying hens is because by the time they were finished laying they were pretty like scraggly and rough looking like That to me, I couldn't make the disconnect between the bird with feathers and the meat in the pot. Those and those birds that we had back then, I don't, to be honest, I don't even know what type of bird they were. Yeah. I want to say that they were just whatever, like red sex link 
laying yeah. hens. They like, were they were layers and they were small. Yeah, scrawny. Yeah, like, like a layer. <laughs> scrappy. Um. So we had decided not last Christmas, but the year before, we had some laying hens that were kind of um, at the end of their egg laying life, and we didn't want to overwinter them. So we decided to practice butchering them. Do you remember that? We had like five or seven hens that we decided to kind of try our hand at butchering. I do. Um, yeah, I, I remember that. I remember mm-hmm. doing that. I, I actually, to be honest, don't remember where those birds came from originally. They must have come from from the feed mill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We they ordered like them like anything else. Day olds. Or we probably got them ready to lay. Because, yeah, we, yeah, we would have got ready to lay. Yeah. Um, and they would have been the same. They would have been, um, like red sex link, like just whatever layers. Yeah. And I think that for me was when things kind of got serious with the chickens and it went from being like, oh, we have a dozen laying hens in the yard that give us chickens into like, oh, we can make food. We can eat them. And then, well, and cause then, we had already had, that was the Christmas, but in September we'd gotten day old the sass are these sassos it was That's literally right. these sassos still yeah so we had we had ordered 15 sassos and we were like and throw in a rooster <laughs> yeah and the sassos just to kind of in, if anyone doesn't know this the sassos are um they're, they're sold dual as a purpose. dual purpose breed which you they tend to be a li- they still lay well but they tend to be a little bit bigger than the red sex link roosters, which, I mean, I think that's kind of dependent on the feed. Like, yes, the, the sex links were a little bit smaller, but I mean, when, by the time we butcher these laying birds, there's not much left of them. Like they're still only like three or four pounds. They're well, little. Except the, those, we, so after that, we also started that spring, started hatching our own and we ended up butchering some of the roosters from that. And even mm-hmm. those ones were five and like five and a half, six pounds. Cause yeah. we did those at the same time as we did the, the meat birds that we did. Okay. And there, so, you can't tell the difference when they're like. Did we very, feed them yeah, we growing did. feed though? The last little bit yeah, for those ones, we feed. changed them to grower. And the meat birds that we had were from the same, like that five and a half ish pounds. And we had a couple of like eight and a bit, eight and a quarter pound birds. Mm-hmm. So like, like I said, on the smaller end of the meat bird side was our of course, rooster's always a little bigger, so there was always that. So that was the... Uh, I, if I were to say, like, what was the tipping point of us going from, like, just having a few chickens running around the yard into, like, taking it a little bit more seriously and, and approaching it, like, we can feed our family with our backyard. It was when we butchered those five laying hens that it really kind of flipped a switch for me that we were that I realized that we can do this. Yeah, we kind of, well, we had ordered the, we very consciously ordered the dual purpose birds with the intent that we could end up, if we wanted to, butcher these things. Yeah. And the key, like when we started, when we butchered the original layers, the thing for us was like, well, we've got these birds, they're not laying anymore. Our new birds, the Dales that we had in September, were just starting to lay a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we were going, we were making the thing going like, what are we going to do with these birds? Mm-hmm. We're like, well, if we're gonna, we're thinking about butchering these other ones, we may as well give it a try. Yeah, and I think they taught us a lesson, right? Like we used their life to to create the lesson, which isn't to say that we wasted it. We, Absolutely, we not. went into no. it knowing that we might end up screwing this up, and yeah. like, and it, the it wouldn't be for nothing. 
they would have died to teach us that thing. Right. But but all in all, we actually did a pretty decent job. We put five birds in the freezer, yeah. And we put them in the freezer and we ate them. Um, Long ago now. (laughs) And I'd just like to pause and say, like, chicken math is real. Because (laughs) when we start to think about, like, oh, we laid, we hatched those birds and we gave some to Jess and Jen and we gave some to Erica and, like, we got an incubator last year and started incubating our own eggs, which has been super fun, except um, you end up with uh, too many roosters. Well, which again, if we're doing the dual purpose birds, the roosters aren't terrible because no. we still get like a five or six pound bird when you're done with that. So yeah, but yeah, obviously when you hatch out, or the original incubator we had was 14 eggs. When you hatch 14, you're probably going to get six or seven roosters. Mm-hmm. And of course we always just go, well, that we're just going to put them on grower, finish them out and butcher them, which for us is completely fine because we go through chicken. So um, our setup outside, we have Bill and his dad last summer built um, what we kind of joke, we call it the Coupe de Ville. It's a three-unit coupe. So we can have three separate indoor spaces, three separate outdoor spaces. Eventually, we're going to run some tractors out to the pasture to kind of trail behind the cow. We'll circle back to that in a, a minute or two. Um, but we have, so our, so our original 15 Sassos plus the rooster, yep. Hudson, we have named the roosters. We don't name the hens, but we name the roosters. Well, yeah, it started with Hudson naming our son, naming the rooster Hudson, because he was the only boy. He was the only boy, so he figured his name should be Hudson. Um, and now Hudson, the rooster, routinely attacks Hudson, the boy, which is problematic. Um, I'm but, about the only one that can safely, yeah, on a routine basis, well, get in and out of there without. He got the bottom end of my rubber boot once or twice. He does every time I go in there with the kids. Oh my gosh. So we, now I go in the other unit, leave Hudson in the, leave our son Hudson in the other unit, go over, take care of business in the in that main with Hudson the rooster and then come back in. So I think uh, our next big learning is going to be um, managing his spurs. We have to do something about that. Yeah. Or we just manage the whole rooster. <laughs> I keep like... Again, now it's gotten down to trying to think about genetic diversity. And the problem is all of the Sassos that we have are his children. So. Right. But how many, like, how many descendants of him do we have? We gave well, some to Erica. We gave some to Jen. The only ones, the only ones that we have are the ones that are current, the six that are currently over in the brooder. <laughs> There's chickens everywhere. We have we currently have thirty six chickens. We have fifteen. Hen, our original fifteen hen, are not our original, but like our our yeah. our newest, the mean. oldest uh, sassos and a rooster. So there's sixteen there. We have eight hens and a rooster in the middle unit. That's and those are our Easter eggers, our colorful yeah. ones that I that aren't that colorful. Well, let's just come on. They have blue eggs. Yeah, we there. get a, we get a blue egg every once in a while. That's kind of fun. Um, and so those are from um, a lady down the road that I actually met at a party. I met her at a party. Someone introduced us, um, a member at the gym, Kat, it was her birthday party, and she said, Sherry, I want you to meet, oh God, I can't remember her name. Well, that's embarrassing. <laughs> um, she has chickens. You have chickens. Talk amongst yourselves. And I said, what kind of chickens do you have? And she said, I have Easter eggers. And I said, oh my gosh, I would love to get a dozen fertilized eggs from you because I have an incubator. And that did not go well. She gave me 14 eggs. We hatched uh, 
I don't remember. I think nine of 14 hatched. Did we lose one? The uh, the one that lost her foot. Was that? No, no that was a sasso. Yeah, that was a sasso. That was, the, that was out of the batch that we ended up trading off for turkeys. Right. Can you say that again? Trading for turkeys. <laughs> we'll have to put that on the list of things to talk about. We, the time that we traded six laying hens for I mean, that's, Thanksgiving turkey. That's pretty much that's the, the story. story. Um, we so, had a friend who raised turkeys. She wanted some layers. We said, we have layers that we don't have like much going on. We don't really want to integrate them into our flock. We kept the boys because she didn't want them. Mm-hmm. We tried to... <laughs> we tried to offload we, a boy. We, we tried to... We, tr- we did... We gave one back to your friend that we oh, got the right. eggs from. Yeah, that's right. We had another one that we gave... We're going to give away that came back to us because she didn't realize what roosters were. Yeah. <laughs> and then we... So we butchered a couple of those ones. Mm-hmm. We actually still have two hens from that. The eight... Right. There's six hens from the, those Easter eggers and there's two that we mixed into that flock from our bunch. That's right. Because we had six hens and three roosters... From that fancy bunch. And there's still a rooster in there. So I picked the one, one of the nicer looking most. We like, have two roosters. Two, two of those bunch. roosters. Yeah, you're right. Because yeah. there's one in that coop and then in the in the unit three. We call that. We actually call them, you know, one, two, and three. And That's unit how three, we, we have. distinct to make the distinction between three. And then unit three is kind of cool. So <laughs> last. It's our test unit. Last fall, we got um, our first bunch of meat birds. We got rustic rangers, um, broiler birds. Uh, and we kept back four hens and switched them to laying feed to see if we could get them to lay eggs. Because this is not something that is normally done. <laughs> and we've discovered, we've actually tried, we tried to hatch a few of the eggs from that one, some of the more viable looking eggs, and that didn't work. Um, none of those ones hatched. We've kind of tried to keep a few here and there of the more viable I think we should try eggs. that again. Yeah, we have about a eight or ten of them probably those like good looking eggs there's actually i should have marked it so i i carry a sharpie marker and a flashlight with me and when i'm out there checking on the chickens and everything i just i usually write on like literally just write on the egg what they are just to so that we know so that we can decide what we want to do with them so there's if you're getting eggs from us anytime you might end up getting ones with letters on them but yeah the we've kind of figured out because nobody explicitly says it like where do broilers come from chicken or the egg well that's that's the that's the thing is where do they come from? Okay, well chickens come from eggs. What? But the interesting part with this is these chickens <laughs> the scratch. Yeah. <laughs> chickens come from eggs. Oh crap. <laughs> we have a soundboard. It's wasn't it was a feature that we we're not intending to have, but it's kind of fun. Um so what I've kind of, I can't figure out exactly with the meat birds that we get are um, rustic rangers. I have not been able to discern what two chickens go into making that. Because mm-hmm. f- more or less think of the meat broiler birds like mules. They don't lay viable eggs to, like they, I'm sure that they do well, to Well, and degree. we tried to keep a rooster, but that didn't go well. Well, we didn't keep a rooster from them. I kept the rooster, one of the fancy bird roosters, and put them in there with them to we see kept, if it would. Listen, we kept one of the rustic ranger roosters, and he had a heart attack. No, that was before we ever butchered them. Yeah, so we lost one at the beginning, and that's when we were like, oh, shoot, we need to butcher these guys now because they're failing. We butchered 11 chickens, and we kept four hens and one rooster, and he started not doing so hot, and yeah. you had to take him out. Yeah, so they remember that the problem, the problem with like again, that's what I haven't been able to figure. So it's a cross, like a mule would be a cross between a horse and a donkey. I think from what I've been able to kind of put together, 
knowing the result and working back to figure out the math. They're sterile? Well, they're not sterile because they just don't lay very well eggs. Like they've been bred to for, to get big fast, not right. to lay eggs. And do they get too big before they reach matur- maturity and are able to... Even when they start laying eggs, things. for starters, they lay terrible eggs in general. Because even now that they're well past when you would normally see chickens, even not great layers laying mm-hmm. eggs, I still to this day... We get like, out of four hens, we get like six eggs a week and a couple of them are soft. Like they're not even formed. So I'm not saying that they're not viable, but they're not very viable. They don't. We have, um, (laughs) we have more coming tomorrow. Yeah. (laughs) But that's, so I haven't been able to figure out what they cross to get that though. Cause I would love to try to get that mix and to be able to get our own of that. And I, but, and I think part of it is because those broilers are somewhat, proprietary mm. i think the phrase the hatchery we get them from i think makes a, re- a rustic ranger because you get um red rangers in the states mm-hmm. and i just i like i think that's their own proprietary crossbreed mm-hmm. they probably have stock of one side that they hatch out to keep males one that they hatch out to keep the fit the hens and and they that they use those to make the what we get as a rustic ranger i just don't know what that is what goes into that right so we haven't been able to breed those ones, but that's kind of why I like the Sassos in general, because you still get a five-ish pound bird and you can keep them for a year and keep get and get, we, out of 15 birds, we get eight to 12 eggs off of 15 birds, which isn't great, but it's worth it for us, partly because in the summer we pasture them, so we put a lot less feed into them. Does that math check out? You read that article about the guy saying that by the time you buy the bird and raise it up, that it's going to, it's costs about $38 a bird. Did, does so that, that math check out? That was buying a, so he was in BC. That was buying a $5 day old, yeah. which ours are like four and a quarter or something. No, no I think no, they're no. like two seventy five or something. Like that. So, but he, uh, now we put organic feed into it, which we're buying, I think is $33 a bag. A 50 pound bag. And they figure, he figures it's about 45 pounds to raise that thing to maturity. Interesting. So 12, for 12 weeks. So it's about a bag of feed. Now he was buying 22 or $23 or regular feed, like standard feed, not mm-hmm. organic. Um, yeah, by the time, and then he was also paying, I think like six bucks to process it. Right. Which, so that kind of cost, which, cuts the cost back. I mean, be, let's be honest. This is this podcast is going to be called Chasing Life. We're not chasing dollar bills, but it's no, interesting to. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> we're we're sending dollar bills flying with this project. Um, but it's interesting to just kind of know where you're at as far as like sustainability and like is this something that the average household could do that they could raise you know a few backyard chickens and have eggs and meat you know, at the end of the season kind of thing? Uh, I mean, the way that the price of chicken has been going. So if you're paying for processing, depends. If you have a a turkey boiler already, you don't have to buy that. That's $100. You can basically, with that, process your chickens from end to end. Oh, like the... the, To process The pot. Yeah. But, But you don't need that. You need you could, something to scald them in. Sure, but you don't need that setup. Like we use a, an outdoor turkey boiler to to dip the chickens in scalding water so that their feathers come out a little bit easier when we dip them. I can't imagine what else you would use. Sure, it's an ideal setup. It yeah. really is. And it's something that we already had for making maple syrup. And it's handy as heck, but 
if you didn't have that, that's not that's not a piece of equipment of equipment that you have to that you must go out and buy if you're well, going you, to process your you own. You can chickens. plug it by hand without scalding it first. Sure. But, or you could just use a pot yeah. on the stove in the house. Like if you really if you that really wanted to disaster. get it done, you could, that, I would not recommend that <laughs> because it does not smell very good. Um, imagine a wet dog covered in shit dipped in water. Whoever runs the kitchen. <laughs> If it's not their idea to do this, that will happen all of once. Yeah, don't do Whoever it. Whoever is the one that is like in charge in the kitchen will never allow that the second time unless it's their idea. So, yeah. I mean, realistically, I think you should have that turkey boiler. You don't need a plucker. We went and bought a plucker. Um, it was, on, I think, on sale. I think it was like almost $700. So, like, Hold, again, before we go into that, I just want to talk about the rest of Grangers just like a minute longer because they are chunky monkeys. They get big fast. And they're disgusting. Yeah. They are not as, well, and they're not even the worst because we were looking into what we wanted to try this year and we ruled out the Cornish Cross, which is everybody's favorite meat bird. Mm -hmm. Those rustic rangers are about 12 weeks. We we butchered it a hair short of that. It was like 11, 11 weeks and five days when we because butchered it. Because we lost it. one. We, on a Wednesday, we lost them. We're like, Saturday, they're going in. So, um, but that, the Cornish Cross that everybody loves... Um, they say eight weeks, but there's a whole like three page disclaimer on like what you need to do with these things. Like they say, don't do them in the summer. It's like spring or fall. Mm. They can't take the heat in the summer. Cause they're so big. Well, and they get like fluid build up in them and everything. Oh, so gross. you and I kind of were, I was reading this thing out loud in the kitchen and you were like, I don't think I want to eat that. And I was no. like, I agree. I would rather spend the extra couple of weeks with the rustic rangers cause they were pretty good and they felt good. Like they looked good. Mm -hmm. They felt good. We only lost that one and it mm -hmm. was, that's kind of what happens with those birds. So they just get too big for their hearts. Yeah. I mean, it's the giantism, right? Like yeah. it's what happens to like big dogs and big humans. Kind of so. makes me a little apprehensive about like r raising them again. But I think if we're just a little bit more diligent about how long we're keeping them and, and keeping a closer eye on them. And I wonder, because we, when we had those ones, it was December to, or sorry, October to December last yeah. fall. And so they were in the stall, like they were yep. inside the barn. So I think this year having them out on pasture might make a little bit of a difference. Yeah. That, so that'll be, that'll be interesting to see the difference. Cause we, we could very well have still birds from last time in the freezer when we butcher yeah. this next set. So it'd be interesting to compare, like everything's dated. It'd be interesting to. Well, not only that, I, I still have a spreadsheet with all of the weights on all the poundage of everything of that we did. Do. Of course, you have a spreadsheet. I track, I track our egg production per unit. So we have unit one, two, and three, like we mentioned. I, we have a spreadsheet hanging, like a just a chart hanging up by the, in the barn here, and we write down every day. And then at the end of the month, I go and throw it in a spreadsheet. And if we sold every egg at five dollars a dozen, we make like forty or fifty cents a day, depending on the flow of the thing. Whoa. So again, not in it for the money, and that doesn't count capital investment the capital that we have sitting on building out what the chicken coops that we put them in. If I had a dollar for every time I get sent the meme uh, or the, the real, if you thought your wife was expensive because she buys shoes and purses, you better hope she doesn't find livestock and gardening. We'd be much better off if I got a dollar every time I was sent that real because we might be able to buy a chicken coop. Probably <laughs> it's been, it's been sent a lot of times, well, but, yeah. and it's so funny because like the chickens have really kind of turned into your baby pet project, if you will. Like you, you have, you're the chicken daddy. Well, that's, I think partly just because it's kind of the morning routine that we have is you're either coaching or 
sleeping, sleeping with the boys or <laughs> sleeping with the boys or whatever. And in the morning, I kind of get up and because I'm I like being up before everybody, so I get up and you know we do the breakfast thing and everything. And on my way to go to work, I usually pop out to the barn and kind of just do chores real quick. And that then routine's roll. about to change soon, isn't it? Well, yeah, we'll see. Um, we got a calf coming. <laughs> yeah, that leads us into the so. We started it with layers years and years and years ago, and we just had like a shitty little coop out in the yard, mm-hmm. like just a plywood box that we built for them with it. Yeah, you and know. then they ran all over the yard and yeah. shit all over everything. Because we had six or ten of them, yeah. and we just let them go. Uh, was and we didn't we, have a garden. We d- it didn't have, well, we, we had a garden the first time when yeah. we had our, we, when we had our like rescue chickens. Yeah. And we didn't have the gym at the time. That, so The gym was the deciding factor of like kind of keeping them contained because they... Yeah shit all over the gym once we had the doors open in the gym and they went in and pooped everywhere yeah so we also on top of the farm on our property we have a crossfit gym we'll Um, circle back to that so we'll talk about that was kind of the thing so yeah sherry's idea here was to kind of bring back segments farm food fitness so there's talk about the farm talk about some food i don't share recipes i don't know i've got some ideas (laughs) and then also talk about fitness because it is part of I mean, preparedness and whatnot. Being well, and it's part of what goes on on our property. Yep. It's a huge part of what goes on on our property. And I think now that the gym is here, we make different decisions um, about our animals based on the gym, right? Like, you know, we're putting the chickens in a place where they're not going to be, you know, running around. They're kind of yeah, in so the pasture. We, we do about as close to free range as you can get without them actually being free range. So the, obviously in the winter, they don't go out much. They're in that we have a, a, like an indoor outdoor coop that they're all in. It's one big unit. It's about 16 by 30 split in, down the middle. It's eight, first eight feet inside, last second eight feet outside divided into three units, about 10 feet a piece. And then in the summer, what we're planning on doing is building like a chicken tractor type of thing with little chicken tunnels, we keep calling them, which everybody thinks underground. That's not the case. It's like a little hoop house type of thing. Like a chicken I can't wire. wait to see this. Because um, we've seen, you see all the memes, see them on Instagram and whatnot, of chickens running through like these little tunnels to get out to wherever they go. Um, so that's the idea is to have um, three separate mobile units that we can have out in the pasture with a tunnel to going from each to go into a chicken, to into the... The, it, you know, the fixed coop that'll be there. So so you're getting about as close as we can get to free-range chickens. And we're going to be able to move them around yeah. in the pasture, sort of yep. behind where Ruby, our Jersey princess. Yeah, so we've got a couple, of, we got about two and a half or three acres that we're, we're actually working on getting all put up, fencing and whatnot, so that the cow can be out, divided into two with a shelter in the middle. So it'll be one shelter, depending, so that she's got shelter and we, we'll be able to gate it off depending on which field she's in the front or the back. And the chickens, my plan is to have the layers up here in the front, in the, in the one pasture, and then the meat birds that I'd like to do back in the back pasture to have probably two tractors of them out back. In the back nine, like in the back back? No, in the, like the back, the back the portion. The second. Where Ruby will be. The second paddock. Yeah, because we want, we want the chickens to be on top of where Ruby was. We'll keep moving them around to where mm-hmm. she has kind of just been a little bit. Yeah. Um, we're hoping that she plays nice with them. She seems to get along with them because she's in a, we have a sacrificial like electric fenced off area where she hangs out when we put her outside now. We call it the playpen. So, and she can kind of see the chickens and she usually goes down, just takes a little peek and she'll kind of chat back and forth with them. So, so Sherry's project was a cow. <laughs> We'd been looking for cow Sherry wants to do dairy. I don't well, know if you've we, heard. Okay, okay. I'm a big fan of cheese. <laughs> She's a big fan of cheese. We had kind of, um, 
we, I, we, because I need you, um, had decided that we were going to get a cow this spring anyway. In my mind's eye, manifesting my cow was always like a cow with her calf already born on our pasture in the springtime when the grass was already green and we didn't have to worry about hay and we didn't have to worry about straw and we didn't have to worry about delivering a calf. We didn't have to worry about all of those things in my, in my vision, but we had a different opportunity come up. I don't know how much detail I want to go into talking about Brad, but um, a, a contact of ours had to get rid of his Jersey herd um, quite quickly. And so I reached out to him and asked him if he would mind if we bought one of his cows. So he handpicked a heifer for us and a heifer, in case anyone doesn't know the difference between a cow and a heifer, um, a cow has already calved. A heifer has not yet had a calf. So Ruby is a pregnant heifer, Jersey princess. She'll be a cow any day. She'll be a cow any moment. Girl, you'll be a woman soon. I think she's already a woman. I don't think she, no, she's just a little, she's just, it's a teenage pregnancy. Um, (laughs) So... Yeah, she's she's due in May, which is a bit of a best guess scenario because she was pasture bred by a bull um, at the farm that she came from. So there's no definitive date. It's not like, you know, she was artificially inseminated on this day and count 280 days and then that's when your calf will be born. Um, it's kind of a best guess. And so we are steady watching for signs of, you know, imminent labor constant false yeah false alarms to the point where we have a camera in the pastures so when we put her on pasture because we were nervous about electric fence we had a camera that was overlooking the gym parking lot that i was able to just kind of nudge a little bit over to catch her out in the field so yeah we've had that for a while and sherry we have an ipad in the kitchen that we used for tracking all of the chores and stuff like that and i had it on the app on that thing so she sherry would often have ruby out in the pasture up on the thing So, of course, she starts showing signs of, oh, my God, we're going to be, she's going to have a calf today. It's going to be today. (laughs) So I ended up grabbing another camera and putting it up, actually overlooking the stall. And the aspect on that thing actually works out pretty good. You can Mm -hmm. bait, there's a tiny little bit, like, there's nowhere that she could completely hide. Correct. There's a tiny little corner that if she was if she was birthing in this corner, you wouldn't see the calf coming out. But that's But you would know that something was going on, for sure. Yeah, there's, so you can see, like, 85, 90% of the stall from this camera. Yeah, enough to ease my mind. So that when I come home, it's either pasture <laughs> or stall. Um, so I'll say, I think the reason why my awareness of Ruby's condition is so heightened is that we had a vet out a few weeks ago and she examined Ruby. Um, just It was a wellness check, just kind of gave her a, a little check over. And she went in and felt for the calf and said that it was a rather big calf. And to expect the calf sooner than May, likely in the month of April. So as April is approaching, today's the, what, the third. As April was approaching, I'm like, we're getting close. We're going to have a calf any day. And so I'm, you know, almost compulsively, obsessively watching all <laughs> of Ruby's like 
body language and signs and oh this is different and oh she's moving differently and it's all just for naught like i'm just driving myself insane we've had this cow for six weeks january 18th because when when we made arrangements to procure this heifer from brad we took off to mexico yeah that's right <laughs> you're like we're gonna have to, we might have can to get you, her beforehand i'm like you, what the f- are we gonna do with a cow while we're in Mexico? Can, we, can you keep her until we get back from Mexico? Um, yeah. So January eighteenth, she came to us. So and what then were we you start. Say? The, We've had her for six weeks, and you're well, going to say something. Like, else. She's everything is new. You keep seeing yeah, like totally. She's never moved like that before. I'm like, yeah, everything's new. How well do you know a cow? And well, I mean, I think I have pretty intimate knowledge of Ruby. We've spent a lot of time together, and kind of like you know, gotten to know each other and because I have to build trust with her and a bond with her because I have to milk her every day and I want her to trust me. So we have a cow, Mm -hmm. which luckily we have a place to put the cow. Mm -hmm. So the farm that we live on, the previous owner was a horse breeder. So we're currently recording in the tack room of the barn. Um, What is left of the barn was three stalls. Before we built the gym, we had half of that was two of the larger stalls that the that the breeder would have kept a cow and cow, or a um, a horse and calf or a horse and <laughs> full full in. Um, so there were bigger stalls. So years ago, I tore most of that all apart because we had the we had a home gym in there, and then uh, so we've converted that. When we built the gym, that kind of space just ended up getting like a dumping ground for storage stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Luckily, we had a stall to put her in, so we have a stall full of all of our feeds. We've got, like, you know, all sorts of chicken feed because, of course, we have chicken starter, we have chicken layer, we have chicken grower for the for the meat birds. Uh, it's got a pallet. And there's all kinds of bugs a, in there, too. Yeah. There's, there's mealworms. Yeah. When I say bugs, I mean, like, bugs yeah. for the chickens. Yeah. So we have an old chest freezer like you find in a lot of barns because it's fairly mouse-proof that's got kind of all the other, like, stuff in it, all the other supplements and stuff like that that we keep. And then we've got a pallet that's got, like, corn and oats on it for the cow. Which we ferment. We do yeah. a three-day ferment on her grains for her with a little bit of apple cider vinegar. She's bougie. Yeah. So, that, uh, so we've kind of got that. We've got a second stall with her in it. The third stall right now actually has the kids furniture in it because our oldest daughter moved out for a while and then came back home and we are anxiously awaiting her to move to her house. Closing date of June, June, 5th. June 5th. So we've and got, out. wow, but we're going to have to move that stuff out of there sooner rather than later because we need that for the calf. Because So we're going to have to sticking that all in the garage again. I've moved that stuff more times than I care because it used to be where the now milk room is. So we took one of the areas that used to have a stall in it. And I basically, because we need running water for cleaning all the milking equipment, um, we built a little room basically um, to be able to keep insulated. So we'll have a little heater in there. And actually already just with the, because we put our chicken brooder in there. So it's got, right now it's got five chicks or six chicks in it. Um, and it's kind of half ready for the, uh, for the milk room. We're waiting on some plumbing stuff in the water heater and what, which should be delivered tomorrow. Actually, now that I think of it, the floor guys never got back to me. I'll have to reach out to them again. Um, so we kind of like made a really nice clean room. We used PVC walls in there. So it's got like this really nice PVC walling system. That was a small fortune as well. So no, the milk will also not be saving us any money, mostly because of all the capital investment that goes in. It'd be years before we make our money back on this. Come Uh, on. But the, um, just with the chicken brooder, 
um, and we had older chicks in there, so it was just a heat lamp for a while, and it was noticeable. Like when it mm-hmm. was like zero degrees in the morning, yeah, it was warm. In there. We'd go in there, and it was like, oh, it's like actually seven, five or seven degrees in mm-hmm. here. Like the in the brooder box was like twenty degrees. And so then eventually, it, we're gonna pull one of our spare fridges. Yep, <laughs> one of our spare fridges. No fridge out to the port, out to the milk room, off the porch, into the milk room. So we'll have yep. fridge, sink with running water, big stainless steel sink, three compartment sink with running water. Um, epoxy floor, PVC walls. Yeah, it's raining. Um, so, so as we said, we're in a barn with a tin roof. Yeah. So you'll probably perfect have a nice ambiance <laughs> yeah. when it's sprinkling. I'll put my I'll put my ASMR voice yeah. on. <laughs> when you're in this, when you're in the barn and it sprinkles, it sounds like a torrential downpour. Yeah. So if we, if you we hear... can't record during rainstorms. Um. So when the calf comes, the plan is to leave the calf leave the calf with Ruby for a few days. That's my plan. So two or three days of, you know, Ruby with her calf, bonding, loving, all of that stuff. And then, oh, it's going to be so hard. We're going to take the calf out at nighttime and separate them at night. And then I'm going to milk Ruby in the morning and then turn them out on the pasture together for the day. That's the plan. Yep. Oh. That was my knife. So we'll have That's the plan. we'll have a decent amount of milk still. Hopefully. Because people do not understand how much milk a cow gives. I'm interested to see how much we get from her. I've read anything from ten to sixteen liters of milk in one milking. I'm hoping for closer to ten. Yeah, me too. I don't want to have to deal with twenty liters of milk every day. Like that's it's a lot of milk. If we don't drink that much milk. No, we, we don't drink much milk. If we you, eat a lot of cheese. Well. Can you hear the excitement in my voice? We, we will we will eat more cheese. We do really like cream in our coffee. I love cream in my coffee. And is it bedtime? Can we go have, to bed so yeah. we can wake up and have coffee with cream? So we also have a bougie coffee bar in the house. We'll, we'll have to talk about that later. We're, we're going to run out. Coffee is like if you haven't a had, one hour episode. If you haven't had raw cream oh. in coffee. Mm so good so there's the food portion well not quite so i'm so with the milk i'm going to make cheese and yogurt and whatever other dairy products i don't know what else sour cream sour cream we don't really use buttermilk the lady that i follow that homesteady family lady not homesteady homestead family she makes buttermilk and i don't know that we would use buttermilk oh and butter how could i forget butter i'm gonna make butter we do go through a boatload of butter if maya uses my homemade butter in the quantity that she uses for baking but she's not gonna be here so Mm. i will gift her butter at her new house she'll still have to buy butter she'll still have to buy i mean to be fair i don't know what kind of yield you get off of butter but i use a boatload when I make Dutch a, babies. A Dutch baby. Our family is obsessed with Dutch babies right now. It's a good way to get rid of a fair bit of egg. Like it's four, at least four eggs in the morning yeah. it, and, and a cup of milk. So that's two. Yeah. And I use like a quarter, a quarter of one of those sticks of butter. Yeah. So I don't even know what that is. Because uh, those aren't pounds of A quarter of, of a stick of butter. That's a half a pound of butter. Like those, those The sticks, the whole we, thing. Yeah. That's so half, I, a, half a pound. I use about a quarter of that. Mm-hmm. And that we use the all-purpose gluten-free, the one-to-one stuff. Mm-hmm. 
I've got it down to a bit of a. Yeah. I, I, I was really getting like crazy with the mixing it and like, well, what if we do a little more of this? What if it's a little more of this? Yeah. So uh, Hudson asks for it like three mornings a week. At least. I yeah. want a Dutch baby. Mm-hmm. What are we having for breakfast this morning, Hudson? Dutch baby. <laughs> and it's super simple. It cleans up easy. Yeah. It's it just, actually it's is like, a convenient. It's like breakfast pizza because you just put it on a plate and then you well, just top it. So and... we will have milk. We will have butter. We have eggs. We don't have the gluten-free flour. We'll have yogurt. Mm-hmm. If I can get my off my ass and get them actually produce some damn berries. That'll be a while. Yeah, that's that didn't go well last year, but that was no. partly because the construction guys shut the water off. Yeah, that and I think that soil just isn't ready to really yeah. bear fruit literally and figuratively. Like we've got to do some yeah. soil remediation out there. So that's the other part. On the one side of our house, there's a pasture that we won't be using for anything for the most part. I won't, ducks? I hope, yeah, the, the, by the pond, the shares hatching ducks. We didn't talk about the ducks. We can talk about the ducks next. To write it down, we'll talk about it next time. The... um. We're going to garden over there as well. And to be able to do that, I tried out back. We had a bit of a, my starting of a garden. And I'm going to, I think I'm going to keep that as my test garden. I'm going to kind of throw like fun little project things in there. Mm-hmm. And then on the far side will be more production, like actual making stuff for the family. So yeah, we're it's going to take in, a bit of um, manure and like roughage to lighten that soil up a little well, bit because it's so heavy. I think I'm actually going to try to get a dump truck of like the compost soil delivered. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm going to talk to the neighbor about taking part of that fence down out front Mm -hmm. so I can get a truck to dump it right there so it's close because we can't haul it all over there because it'll be absolutely destroy the rest of our pasture and everything. Um, And then we bought a, um, Yanmar makes a tiller, like a PTO driven tiller that has a bed shaper in it. So my plan is to haul in like, probably 10 or 15 yards of tops like this compost really light compost soil mix that with the ever-growing pile of cow manure and straw you're welcome which will actually do a really good job every time i see the pile even just the straw alone would do (laughs) an amazing job of helping to like remediate the clay soil that we're on there'll be a lot less in the summertime obviously because she'll be out on the pasture but but that pile is massive like that pile is like five feet tall and probably like what eight or ten foot diameter no a lot of so there's a lot there was a starter there was already a starter pile there it wasn't yeah. like the whole thing there was compost. already compost from from our gardens and whatnot from the cleanup from last we got year, jungle so. food out of that last year yeah <laughs> we had kale and mm. squash there was some squash there was tomatoes. was there kale really there was yeah I, I pulled some kale out of it tomatoes for sure um, and squash but the, and sunflower seeds so i sunflowers. built i built a bunch of raised beds and i put and i ended up tilling up the ground and putting in a bunch of beds in the ground and almost nothing grew in the ground out here we just have really really heavy clay soil where we're at and it's not acidic enough it's too far on the basic side hmm. Interesting. I didn't know that. So that's why I also, I've been putting in our compost pile, all of our, we have a lot of coffee grinds. <laughs> so I go out and dump the coffee grinds, mixing it in with it all the time. So, hmm. um, I think that's part of the reason why we wanted to start this podcast is because we are in a season of big learning. <laughs> like we are learning so much. Like you're learning a lot about gardening, a lot about building structures, um, you know, and, and, and some of it is trial and error. I don't think that we've made too many big mistakes. Um, but yeah, we're in a season of learning. And I, we were talking in the car yesterday or the day before, and I said there's a serious lack of old wise people. Yeah. 
to act as mentors. I think we've been kind of lucky that we've been able to, I mean, me especially have been able to find people to do a little bit of handholding, especially where the calf is concerned, the yeah. cow. Because we don't know what we're doing. Well, We've never done this before. And that's and this is why, like, everybody always says chickens are the gateway. It's true. And it's true because you can buy a chicken. You can buy a ready-to-lay chicken for, like, nine bucks or something mm-hmm. and have a few chickens in your backyard. And, you and then before you know it, the bug, chicken the math. Chicken bug. And you've got 40 of the damn things, <laughs> and they're, they're all over the place. But but it, it's because it's so cheap and easy. And it's fun. And, yeah. like, I don't... Maybe, it's not for everybody. It's certainly not for everybody because it's work, and it definitely cascades into having to buy more equipment and to have like I've spent more money on farm <laughs> equipment in the last 12 months than most people spend period yeah we bought a lot of farm equipment last so year. because we got the cow we started looking for hay equipment because and we have we have a 40 horse tractor so we have a compact tractor it's bigger than a subcompact it's bigger than these little like glorified tractors you see on people's you know little, like two acre you know they've got two acres worth of grass to cut we have a decent sized tractor. The problem is that tractor is not big enough to run even a small baler that most farmers used to use. Like if you were ever kids doing hay with your, you know, with your neighbors or whatever, you're doing those little small square bales. That's our tractor is not big enough to run that thing. So it's just like borderline. Well, and so when we started having the conversation about having to purchase our own hang equipment, you came home with a brochure from here on tractor to buy a bigger tractor. See, well, no, I went in to say, is it <laughs> is it even possible to run a a baler on this? And he goes, no. And he went onto their their used inventory. He goes, this is about the minimum that you need to be able to run that a baler like that. And it mm-hmm. was a sixty thousand dollars used sixty thousand dollar tractor. I was yeah. Like, and then I showed you the Kijiji ad of the miniature baling equipment that I had found. Like that morning, the timing of it was so perfect. Yeah, so, so we we found miniature baling equipment. So weirdly. Yanmar. Mm-hmm. So our tractor actually has a Yanmar diesel motor in it. The Gator that we're, we have is also a Yanmar diesel. So Yanmar also makes tractors, but they make that mini tractor equipment. Mm-hmm. So oh, they actually make their own. They make their own version of the same baler that we have. We have a model by a company called Terrain mm-hmm. that is a small round bale. Um, they're about forty pounds. They're like a little, not quite twice the amount of a small square bale. Um, so we have that. We bought that a rake and a baler. Uh, a baler, a rake, and a mower. We have, well, our driveway always needed work, so we bought a box grader. You bought your bed Til- The tiller, tiller and thing. bed shaper. Uh, what else? Post hole digger, because we got to put a pot. And that was one that, like, I bought that. I found that at, uh, not at auction. I found that at Princess Auto, actually, for cheap. It was on mm-hmm. sale. And it was good enough, because I kept seeing them at auction, but I don't know enough about them to know, like, is this going to so, be... And so now we need to build... An extension on our drive shed to put all the equipment into. Like, do you see how this just escalates? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I got to go and put like. So I looked up posts today to get in more posts. They're seventeen bucks a piece. Mm-hmm. So I started doing the math on them. Like, it's a few hundred dollars for the posts, and then you need the boards to go on them, and then you got to get the. Well, we have we have enough probably of the. So we have to repair some fences to make sure that we have secure fencing when we get Ruby and the calf out on the pasture. So we've got to do some fencing repairs, and that's got to be that's kind of a bit of the next priority job because that's. Yeah. Well, we spent about what, four or five hours on the weekend, kind of getting things ready. So I got to go get posts and dig the holes, put the, set the posts in them, mm. and then put the boards up. So that's going to be another. That's at least a day's job. And then got to hook up all the electric fence on it, which I'm not sure that you're going to need much electric fence if we put all that stuff I'm just in. concerned about the calf getting yeah. underneath it. 
Like that's there, that's my big concern. There are some areas where it's there. There even the wooden board fence. There's some areas where yeah. yes, that could easily happen. So like secure fencing is yep. is going to be important. So that's farm business, food, kind of foodish business, fitness business. We got lots going on in the gym right now. Yeah. So we've been doing CrossFit for longer. We've had chickens. <laughs> well, about, well, we met. well, ten years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started the first gym membership I ever had was at a CrossFit gym. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from the high school gym for, you know, two weeks before football season and then <laughs> stopped when football started and never started again. Um, so yeah, like what, 10 years ago or so I walked into a, well, I didn't just walk in across. I knew the owners. Mm-hmm. The owners were my so did I. chiropractor. <laughs> I worked um, for the, those chiropractors. So. Yeah, we started that and then kind of started the journey of what, like two years later, we went and got our L1s. We got our level ones in 2014, I think, in the spring of So it would have been about a year a year later. Mm-hmm. And then kind of shortly after that, always kind of figured that we were like, yeah, I think we could probably end up having a gym one day. Yeah, I think it was always our five-year plan. Like, And we were pretty on track. Like when we set that goal after we got our level ones and saying, you know, how great it would be to own our own gym. And we tra- started programming on the way home. Do you remember we stopped halfway because we got our L1s at Rogue in, 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 Ohio. Uh, in Ohio, in Columbus. Yeah. So like halfway home, you remember sitting at that restaurant? All right. It was like a TJ Fridays or something. <laughs> and on the napkin, we were like, so this is how you would do the programming. Yeah, and I, da, 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 da. I don't like, recall that, but I, I, it, that doesn't surprise me to hear you tell that story. I bet if you went back in our photos long enough, there'd be a photo of the napkin. Maybe. I might, yeah. I might spend some time trying to dig Let's that see if up. You can dig that up. So, I mean, yeah, like in 2014, you know, big dreaming. We were probably always dreaming about building our own space. We traveled a lot and we went to a lot of gyms and we experienced a lot of like what to do and what not to do. I wouldn't go so far as to say we were dreaming of building. I think that came a fair bit later. Yeah, you're Opening. right. You're right. Opening yeah, a gym, yes. Because we, we had talked about like looking for space in other places. Like or, we'd like. Or what if so-and-so wanted to sell the gym? Yeah. Yeah. So you went on to, you interned at that the first gym we were at mm-hmm. and then worked at another gym for a while yeah. and then moved on to a third gym for a while. Yeah. And where then you I proceeded got to go on mat leave. Yeah. So I started working there in May and then like almost immediately got, well, I think I started working there in March and I got pregnant with Hudson in May. We yeah. got finally, after two years of trying really, really hard, got pregnant with Hudson and yeah. Had to take my leave. So by I the way, for, I only here. I'm only here for another few months. Yeah, sorry. I stayed till the very end. I stayed until my very last day. Do you remember that? Yeah, Coach the noon class went into labor after dinner time. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So we we built our own gym, and I think we won't get too deep into the weeds on the gym because we um we built it in uh, we broke ground in November of <laughs> 2019. So. Uh, we did not get it finished before the pandemic hit. So that's a whole nother, that's a whole other when episode. You, when you tell people that you opened a gym during the pandemic, people are like, what the hell were you thinking? Yeah. And then you start rewinding and saying, so back in March of 19, we were talking to builders. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to start in September. They didn't start till November. Mm-hmm. We were hoping that they were going to be open. Like originally we wanted to be open January 1 because January yeah. 1. And then like, well, okay, it'll be March 1st. And then, of course, they're still always late. So it's like, okay, well, we kind of always, in first of March, I mean, there was rumors on the internet about COVID, but nobody mm-hmm. knew much. So then all of a sudden it was like, we're in beginning of March, we're thinking, we'll just, we're, you know what, we're just going to say April 1st. Yeah. 
And then, of course, yeah, we just you, <laughs> mid-March. You, could, you couldn't have known, right? You nope. couldn't have known what just happened to the screen there. Are we okay? Uh-oh. Oh, it went to sleep. It's still recording. Good. Um, yeah, you, we couldn't have known. And nope. I mean, we can talk about all of that stuff in another podcast. But anyway, so we have uh, Jim in our backyard on our property, which has its pros and cons. But for the most part, it's nice. It's been nice to have that here. It's been convenient to take 85 steps from the backyard to, to go to work from the back door. Um, but we have a competition coming up that our members are super excited about. So we have Festivus Fitness for the rest of us coming up. It's a recreational competition um, that we have. We're putting in five teams. I'm super excited about that. Yeah. Everybody seems to be super stoked about it. This is like 20 members. Yeah. 15 like, actually. Three, <laughs> five teams of three. <laughs> <laughs> it's past my bedtime um, yeah. We have a ladies day coming up That I'm really excited about We have postpartum class starting tomorrow I'm really excited about that Lots going on Lots going. On. Never a dull moment Yep. Wow. Around here, no No. Okay, so one other thing that I want to do and Kind of in line with In the gym we do question of the day Every day in the gym <sighs> And I thought it would be fun To ask each other a question do I have to come up with a question? Well, I'll ask my question first, oh, and that yes. will give you time to think of your question to me. Pressure's on. Okay, so here's my question to you. The problem is I have to answer the question and the and yeah, think of it. Yeah, but you'll, you're fine. You can do it. Your your brain goes fast. Um, what is your favorite thing that I make for dinner? Like, it doesn't have to be dinner. Food. Because oh, I man. like cooking. And I like being in the kitchen and I like creating meals. So I'm curious, what is your favorite? Mm. I don't know. I, I, weirdly, I'm like the weird person who like when we were doing macro tracking and stuff, like I could eat breakfast and lunch the exact same thing every single day. And I could probably do that for dinner and be okay for a while. But I really do kind of like mixing the dinner up. Mm-hmm. I think it helps the like. When you eat Dutch babies four mornings a <laughs> week, you need, you need some variants. Um, I don't know. I, you, you make good lasagna. I've always been mm. like I've just always been a fan of lasagna in general. Can't go wrong with baked pasta. Yeah, and no cheese. kidding. But um, I don't know. Like the one that like I try to think of things that like people don't make. Hmm. Um, I mean, Osobuco was one that we had mm. on the weekend. We didn't like buffalo shank Osobuco. Which, I mean, that's, I wouldn't say that's my favorite, but I enjoy stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, probably pepper cash. Hmm. Just because, like, it's, again, it's not like it's not something that you've, like, ever seen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You I think, like the hearty, like, stick to your ribs kind of food. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, I mean, think it like the, all three of those things. Yes, yeah. you have some funny like idiosyncrasies around food that are sometimes hard to navigate. <laughs> um, and I think one thing that also bears mentioning is like we fiercely protect dinner time. Yes, at our house. Yeah, from like day one, mm-hmm. it was always even with the kids. It was always no, we we sit down and have dinner together, mm-hmm. which is tougher with the two little boys. Yeah. Because they don't like to sit still for long. Hudson's doing a better job some days. Bo's not so good. <laughs> Although he, most he of was his really f- into my taco tonight. Yeah, most of his <laughs> most of his food is on the fly. Yeah. 
like he he'll buzz around the kitchen and like somebody grabs a fork and jams food in his mouth as he runs by. He will yeah. eat a lot if you do it that way. He just won't sit down and eat the stuff. So mm-hmm. scrappy little bugger. Yeah, he's uh definitely. <laughs> okay, what's your question for me? And then I, we'll wrap it up. See, so you can I was, try to keep it under. The an problem hour. is I was talking too much. Well, I don't, I'm sure you can think of something. Listen, you need to give me a week. I need. <laughs> How when are we, how often we want to do this podcast? That's a lame question. No, uh, I mean, I, I, I want to ask that. We should have that discussion. I, I think it. I mean, weekly. I mean, I, I don't think that content creation is going to be a problem for us. Finding the time to sit down and do it—that'll be the harder part. Especially going into the spring. I think it'll be easier in the springtime because it's light later. We have more hours to get things done. Yeah, but I'm later. tired. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think we could like, like, can we get these mics over and like butcher chickens while we're doing this? Like, yeah, why not? I mean, <laughs> oh, I have the clip YouTube. on. I have the clip on mics. Yeah, and just like, YouTube. We can make we can make money. We I, can monetize the it. The number of times I've tried. So actually, I, this is one thing I thought we could do. So I'm using Squarespace to host everything because I like that because it's handy and I, as a as a guy who used to be a computer programmer, I hate having to maintain shit. So Squarespace is nice, but. Um, they actually have a members area mm-hmm. so we could like have members only videos and stuff. Cause oh, I'm, 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 I'm hesitant to do videos. Okay. Just cause it's a lot more work. Yeah. Okay. What's your question? Time's a ticking. I don't know. Hmm. You can't put the pressure on me like this. Which do you, do you have a favorite Instagram account that you like for homesteading stuff Ooh, right that, now? That's actually <laughs> cause this is all like we get two things now. Yeah. We get two things. Parenting well, crap. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. And like homesteady farm stuff. So I have been getting an obscene number of dildo videos. <laughs> that escalated quickly, right? I know why. Why? Because your phone's listening to you. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Stop. So um, someone had a theory that it was perhaps like jumping between, because like, I said it used to be all chickens and CrossFit, and now I keep getting all these dildo <laughs> videos and reels and someone made the joke that it was um cocks it jumped from chickens to cocks the cock whisperer (laughs) that guy's hilarious anyway favorite instagram account um i like mountain dog farm she's pretty punk rock i really like her they're like completely off grid i don't know where they live maybe montana or something if i were to guess you do, you've been doing the Vaughn family farm Vaughn farm. course. I did their course. I did their family milk cow course, which was super helpful. Um, I learned a lot about uh, that. I There's that saying, you don't know what you don't know. And I learned a lot from them um, that I didn't know before. Like I said, we're in a season of big learning right now. So, How long's the season? Of learning? <laughs> Until we die. <laughs> it's been rapid for the last 18 months. Yeah. I said this, I said this like what, about a month ago. I was like, start making a list of the things that we've picked up in the last like two mm-hmm. years. I kind of joked at the beginning of the year that 2023 was my year to fuck around and find out. But so far it's been true. I mean, but that, that wasn't, that, that was 21, 22. Yeah. I, but more so in 23, I think like we're taking some big leaps with some of the things that we're going to be doing around the farm, not the least of which is the cow and calf. We've got ducks in the brooder that were in the incubator. We've never had ducks before. We're talking about getting pigs. Like we're, we're dipping our toes into unfamiliar territory that is going to require us to do a lot of learning. And I think, you know, in the age of, in the information age, when we have 
homesteads at our fingertips, literally, that we can reach out at any time and ask a question. Because I think, you know, maybe the homesteading community is a lot like the CrossFit community in that it's, you know, super supportive and, you know, no one's no one's being the gatekeeper of information with homestead stuff because why? No one has anything to gain, right? Like it's not proprietary. It's not like, you know, they're withholding information because they can put it behind a paywall. Like it, it's farming. Like it's. I, I, I do think that some of that, like, I mean, Vaughn Family Farms does the milk course. Right. I do think that that like stuff like that is a way that a lot of farms make money because to be honest with sure. you, this doesn't like, especially with the rules in place for how many chickens you're allowed, how many chickens you'd be allowed to have and how they have to be processed to be able to be sold. We could not keep up. We could not, we could not raise butcher, like pro, have, have processed and then bring to the farm and sell. No, not you with everything else we like, have. It would on. be, it would be more than double what anybody would pay in a grocery store, Certainly. even for like organic, whatever the, we're like we're free from stuff that we, that you see at the grocery store Certainly. all the time. Um, like I think that that like ecotourism and online courses is the two ways that a lot of farms make money. Now, that is not why we're doing it. No. I mean, this is fun for us. Uh, I, would, when you said that you wanted to, like, bring back the podcast, I don't, like, did you see how excited I got? I was so I excited. said it about a month ago. And you're like, um, 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 Just because it just felt, at that time, it just felt like one more thing for me to have to wrap my head around. And I think now that things are, like, we're a little bit, more prepared for the calf to come i think that you know we can take the time to do this whereas before it was like shit we've got to build a milk house we have to build a stanchion we have to like do the course we have to order all the things we have and i i think i have my head we're not actively milking the cow yet because she hasn't had her calf but i think i have my head wrapped around it at at least yeah well and that's just like tomorrow's gonna be big you're not here and tomorrow's gonna be a big day Milk, yeah. milk is coming. The water heater's <laughs> coming. Chicks are coming. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to Michigan. <laughs> Maya's got to go to work. The boys got to go to the sitters and get picked out. Yeah. That's going to be a big day for you. <laughs> you got this. And, can, I ha- and I have to go to work. You can do this. You got it. I know I can and I will, but I'm not looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot. I I, I don't know when I'm going to go to work. Mm, don't. Luckily, I have <laughs> relatively flexible for the next little while. So just, also, I am in, in a, today. I am also in a seasonal business that is busy in the summer, and it's kind of like the in between of it's going to start anytime. So any day now. Yeah, I mean, this last weekend wasn't the absolute best weekend. If we get one good like fifteen degrees, fifteen degree weekend with lots of sun, we're going to be crazy busy. Okay, should we wrap it up? We'll take some notes and we'll come up with ideas for next week's episode. I need three recordings. Okay. I need a farm, a food, and a fitness recording. So I'm going to try to get a rooster crowing. Yeah. We're going to try to get like a steak sizzling or something. Yeah. And then I think maybe a three, two, one, go. I was thinking a barbell drop. Yeah, that's kind of annoying though. I don't think anyone wants to listen to a barbell drop. Nobody wants to listen to the beep of those damn clocks. Yeah. It's really loud can just record myself yelling three, two, one, go. So we should also talk next time about, we did syrup. We did maple syrup. Mm-hmm. Trying to do birch syrup, but that's not working very well. Bees. And bees. A, a couple of things. Yeah. We can talk about how we want to do pigs. And the ducks. How we're going to. Yeah. The ducks are not that hard. I'm so excited for the ducks. 
I've wanted ducks for so long. She got duck eggs and then was texting the girl she got duck eggs from to find out like what ducks they had because we don't know what eggs they are. And she's like, well, these are all of the ducks that they have. And then you went down a rabbit hole of looking at the photos of them and you were like, every single one of them was like, oh my God, look at this one. And then a minute later, oh no, look at this one. (laughs) They're so cute. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I don't care for ducks. Oh my God, they're going to be great. I'm so excited to have them. First, we have to chase out the wild ducks and geese I, that have nested in our pond. <laughs> I am happy that that pond is cleaning up and it's yeah. getting to the point where we had some gray water going into the pond. We'll talk about that when we talk about wouldn't. the ducks. Okay. We're getting wild animals back. I'm excited. And maybe I can get some geese come season again. Let's wrap it up. All right. See you next week.